Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Brews and Bruins, <laughs> the podcast where we are just as surprised as you are that we are in the double digits on episode 10 here. I am joined by our regular ghost hosts, rather, Chris Gear and Drew Johnson. Drew. <laughs> do, do we really haunt you that bad that we're ghosts? No. <laughs> Ooh. All right, I'm just going to take over. I'm Very drinking. spooky podcast. <laughs> I'm drinking a Don't Poke the Bear, eh? Throwback real original so i did that yeah right uh i i still have these i don't know how i guess they're 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 decent you know i don't know not my favorite but they're good you know chris wagner yay um yeah i'm not going to introduce my twitter and shit because we do that so often so uh, okay, but well, but but chris has a new twitter i'm chris at. gear uh and i finally changed my at so i'm now at hockey gear uh yeah still don't follow me but uh, I'm drinking a gin and tonic because it is National Gin and Tonic Day, but I also brought really? along for, you know, when things go off the rails, a Stone Enjoy by 420 IPA. There you go. Chris, now the only no. member of this podcast who actually smells like his Twitter handle. <coughs> uh, I am Cam Hasbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, I was going to introduce your nickname as America's Most Wanted by the Grammar Police. Apparently, I'm looking at you, Court Lalone. After yeah, uh, <laughs> calling somebody else on grammar is uh, pretty uh, rich. It's excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cam Hasbrook. Probably like like Chris. You're better off not following me. I am drinking a a new one here. I, I was appealed by the can actually, which of course you guys. We always talk about the cans, and no one can ever see it. So, cheers to us. Uh, I'm drinking a I just crush a lot tart fruit ale. <laughs> You can interpret the name how you want to. It's uh, brewed with blood orange by Calvert Brewing Company. Had one of them last night, but I'm going to crack it. Oh. It foamed on me. <laughs> it foamed on me quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Another, uh, I, you know I like my sour beers. It's another sour, so I'm jumping into that. But enough about us, because you hear enough of bullshit from us every week. We are joined by another guest this week, the one and only Nick Lanciani, the creator of Down the Frozen River, as well as uh, the host of their podcast and a bunch of other stuff. I'm going to let him pump his own tires here. Nick, welcome to the show. I'm actually a Tim Thomas fan, so I'll let you speak as much as you want, Roberto. Uh, but yeah, yeah. fun fact, I'm actually consuming a Harpoon IPA that's been in the fridge since September when my brother was last home. So whatever this is that I have in my hands, it Just is delicious. Saving delicious. it for the right time. And uh, yeah. Excellent stuff. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm well stocked for the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, as as everyone should be, uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast for some reason. Where where can we find you on Twitter? At Lancy fifty three. I've debated actually using my name, but I haven't in the last seven years I've been on Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> the 
that's it. Fair enough. You were talking about uh, time passing by. I was setting up here before the podcast, grabbed my beer and all that, and I thought, how long has it been since there was a Bruins game? And I looked it up, but off the top of your head, I don't want you guys to think about the dates. I guess if you want to cheat, go for it. But anybody have... March 10th. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you know what today's date is, which is probably a bigger question. April 9th. <laughs> there you go. Well, when we release this, it's So it'll be, be April 10th. 10th so. so it'll be a full 31 days. Casey Kane's birthday. A full 31 days, a whole month since the Boston Bruins played a hockey game. It feels like longer. It feels like longer, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not just yeah. me. I, I know for sure. But, oh, man. I, it's... It's a tough time. Well, so uh, I got a couple things. Uh, 410, um, episode 10, Anders Bjork episode. Um, other thing, let's pump some stuff. Uh, I now write for Bruins Diehards, uh, speaking of court. Um, go check out the article I wrote. Uh, it's one I've been wanting to write for a really long time. I looked Actually, into, too. It's really good. I looked into what if the Bruins had made all of the correct general management decisions following the 2011 Stanley cup, um, you know, kind of undoing some of the unnecessary trades and, uh, doing a redraft a little bit of the, of only the first rounds of all those drafts. And, uh, I know that Nick is really into stuff like that. And Nick is doing a, a cool series right now on his podcast. Why don't you talk about that? Well, so we're going alphabetically by team because it looks like we've got some time. And uh, <laughs> if things don't resume, we will go right into next season if next season even happens at this point. But we're basically creating rosters of every team based on players that you might not remember played there since the year 2000. Now, there's no special, is it the 99-2000 season or 2000-2001 season that we're considering? It's literally just any time from the year 2000 through now. So, spoiler alert. This week is the Bruins. You can probably guess who's going to be on. But the last two <laughs> weeks that we've done so far have been Anaheim and Arizona. And off the top of my head, I now can't think of how I made my rosters. But I guess I could call that up on Google real quick if I wanted to. And just give a plug for some players you might not remember. Like Owen Nolan as an Arizona Coyote. There's an example. <laughs> that was a thing. It happened for 76 games in the 2006-2007 season. That's 76 more than I would have guessed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I started looking into a, a little bit of it and trying to see who I would pick on my weird Bruins team. And there are some players that there are like Hall of Famers who were on the Bruins for like 17 game stretches where it was like, I had no idea that guy ever played for the Bruins. So <laughs> it'll be kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like found myself second guessing the Yarmi Yager situation the other day. It's like that did that happen? Was that real or was that just the collective imagination there? But big names like that could be weird to try to be like, well, it's a big enough name that I should know this. But what if yeah, I but don't? What if I'm just or twenty wrong. years from now, <laughs> will there be a generation that never knew he even played here? Uh, what if a team Or that he scored two goals? What if a team like the Bruins <laughs> just tried to piss everybody off and just retired his number? i wouldn't be opposed that would be a power move that would be such a power (laughs) move Mm. they've had a lot of check players over the years why not yeah exactly exactly um so for those of you who have listened to several episodes of this for once again for some reason uh you probably know we have a very 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 loose uh, layout schedule kind of thing we usually bullet point a couple things to talk about today we're just pretty much completely fucking winging it 
besides one topic that I do want to talk about, and that is the seventh player award, which is a really unique award. Uh, obviously, if you're a Bruins fan, you probably already know what it is, but uh, given every year to a player who exceeded expectations for that season, a pretty unique award to the Bruins, and, and I think it really kind of fits into that Boston mentality of, of you know hard work and that sort of thing, kind of blue-collar players traditionally get it. And I want to have a little bit of a discussion with the three of you guys about who you think deserve to have it this season. So I, I do kind of have a question of, like, what the rules of this award are, because I never really looked into it. Like, like, I understand it's like, all right, you got your starting six players, and then it's the next guy up. But is that, like, the actual... No, so it's like... It, it's like... It's like, uh... It's like most surprising, almost. Yeah. Like, like a kind of a depth player that, you know, came above that and played more like a... Like, you're not going to give it to David Posternock just because you're surprised well, he yeah. had, you know... All... <laughs> well, they did, didn't well, they? Well, I mean, like, this season. On by fans, I mean, like, so. this season, right? But, yeah. But, I mean, the idea is to give it to someone who, like... Not you were expecting to be bad or anything, but just really exceeded expectations this season and isn't going to get a recognition as, like, a team MVP kind of thing. All right, so I, I know who Cam's going to go with, so I'm going to <laughs> take a little bit of a left. I appreciate uh, that. Not like a an off the board pick, but I, I'd probably go with Charlie Coyle. I think that's a very fair, a, very fair. Like pick. having a really a solid third line center is is just such a a luxury. And I mean, we as Bruins fans have spent years just trying to find this third line center. We had the the Ryan Spooner years, and Carl Soderberg filled in there pretty nicely for a few years. But man, Charlie Coyle kind of feels like that guy right now, and I and I like that. Do you know he's from uh, he's from the Commonwealth? <laughs> Never heard exactly. Of him. <laughs> uh, no, I think I agree. I, I mean, that's not the pick that I had, but I will say I think it's definitely a, a deserving pick. And I've said it to a lot of people. I think Charlie Coyle would be a very competent second line center on a lot of teams. Um, not not mm-hmm. every team, obviously. I'm not going to act like the Bruins have the four best centers in the league or anything, uh, despite this being a Bruins podcast. Um, but. In that case, they do. Yeah. Sean Corrali is a <laughs> very good fourth line center. He is. So. He is. Uh, the Bruins Second are blessed season player. He is. He could be a first-line center on a lot of teams, though. He could, man, be a, yeah. he could be a second-line center in the playoffs if everybody's injured. Yeah. You know, like, actually happened. Oh, his, his like goal celebrations type of thing. are my favorite thing ever. Every time he scores, it's like kidney candy shop. Just absolutely. It's it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> Calling a grown man. Second only adorable. to Jake DeBrus. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Jake DeBrus are just, like, excited. Like, Sean Corrali seems, like, almost genuinely surprised every time he scores a big goal. Like, the world has ended. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, so, holy like, shit, like, it was this one game in the league. He's just like, this might be the last goal I ever yeah. score, so I gotta yeah, like, go Like, if I played in the NHL, just, oh my god, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, Charlie Coyle, great pick. Drew, Nick, if you want to throw, throw a hat uh, in there. I was going to say Charlie Coyle or Brandon Carlo. That's where I'm at. Um, I, I think I think Coyle would have won it just because he's like I, I, out of the two. I think he gets the most attention being the hometown boy. Regional um, bias. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think Brandon Carlo, at, at this point, I've kind of expected Brandon Carlo to be this good because he has been this good the past like two or three seasons. Um, and it, I, I hate when the, when the puck is on a stick, but... 
I love when it's not because he's always <laughs> in the right position. He's a great defender. And, you know, he has gotten better over the past year or two of, uh, you know, starting a transition. I still don't like when he has an empty net shot. Don't like that. Throwback to that time he literally tripped over his, <laughs> himself with a wide open neck uh, and no one in between him and it. Uh, yeah, I, I would go Brandon Carlo, I think. But at the same time, like I said, it, it's almost like these performances are expected from I would go Carlo for the fact that, I mean, everything you just said, same. But <laughs> it, but real talk, if people are like, oh, Charlie Coyle, that's fine. Th- yeah. Both choices are fine. If they say pasta for the third time, I'd be like, please. That's, <laughs> you expect him to score 100 million goals every season. So he only got 99 million because the season might be done now. But y- you expect that. Yeah. Uh, so top, top of your head, guys. Uh, other than Cam, because he wrote an article about this. But do you know how many points Brandon Carlo had? That's what I was going to say, yeah. 17. No, that's way too many. Interesting. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to picture the... 11. I'll say 11. He might have had uh, two goals and then nine assists. I'm going to say over-under is 30. Interesting. Wait, okay. career or this no, season? No, 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 this season. No, this season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he had four goals and 15 assists for 19 points. Bobby Orr. Take the under. Take the under. Bobby (laughs) Orr. I I will say, I mean, obviously, Brandon Carlo's values in his defensive game. um, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a graphic making I was saying that as like a good thing. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no, that's what I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So the graphic that was going around Twitter that I was referencing was pretty much talking about how nothing happens when Brandon Carlo is on the ice and how that's a good thing (laughs) because he's a defensive defenseman and. You want nothing to happen while he's on the ice. Obviously, you want your team to score, but more importantly, his role is to keep the puck out of the net, and he does that pretty much, at least this season, as well as anybody else in the league. That being said, you look at last season, he put up 10 points in 72 games. Let's not talk about it. He had 19 in 67, so whatever, four five fewer games. Nice math over here. And almost double the number of points. I'm not going to act like he's Tory Krug or anything, but the fact that we're seeing a little bit of offensive progression for a guy who you have to remember is only 23 years old. He came in and played a full 82-game season as a 20-year-old, which is absolutely insane in 2016-17. He's only been in the league for four years. He's still coming into his prime and seeing a little bit of progression offensively while still being just an absolutely elite defensive defenseman, which I think is fair to say now. It's a pretty solid thing. Hot take. <laughs> I, think he, I, 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 th- I don't think there's... You'd have to make a very good argument for someone else being a better defensive defenseman than Brandon Carlo this year, I think. Oh, on the Bruins? 100%. I think I think even league-wide. League-wide? I mean, it's harder to measure because, right, like defense. League-wide, I'd say, like, top 10 maybe. I can't think I would, of other people So that's what right I mean. Now, I would say top 10 is pretty elite. Top 20. Right? Like, it's, yeah. it's hard to measure, like, how good of a defensive defenseman you are yeah. unless you're looking at, like, expected goals against kind of things. Wait, you mean plus-minus less... isn't isn't the all-telling stat? <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on now. <laughs> yeah, okay, we need to have not Nick on the fan. podcast just to talk about how plus minus has its merits. <laughs> My communication capstone in college was on Corsi, and specifically, since I couldn't get too much into the numbers, I had to look at how it basically is used on Twitter in terms of like, is this a positive mood, a negative mood, or a neutral one? Because people like to make jokes. That is interesting. It's a good time. <laughs> communication degrees, they're worth it. <laughs> You're talking to uh, two journalism majors here and a uh, and an astronaut. <laughs> space, sorry, space cowboy. Space, space cowboy. cowboy. 
tell us, Chris, how uh, Corsi and plus minus relates to sending a rocket into space. It, there's no correlation whatsoever. In that Unless case, Johnny Boy checks on the ice. Or the rocket. And perfect segue to my, my take on Brandon Carlo is that he's the closest thing to Johnny Boychuk that we've seen since Johnny Boychuk. You might not have the slap shot necessarily, but in he's, terms he's of got the one. defensive shutdown style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I miss the Johnny Rocket. I We were talking about him last episode because I was talking about how I watched him literally murder Matt Ellis in the 2010 playoffs against the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. Good time. <clears throat> but... My college roommate hated that series. Sabres fan? Sabres yeah. Fan. One of my best friends from home is a Sabres fan. and It's like, I always have the debate whether it's like worse than being like a New York Jets fan, because I have really good friends who are both, and it's just no winning for either of them, literally. <laughs> but my roommate, New York sports, not yeah. great. My roommate currently is a Sabres fan, and uh, yeah, uh, I think it's probably worse to be a Sabres fan, yeah. because there's that perpetual hope. Like, they have good players. They have like, Jack Eichel. There are <laughs> really good players on that team. And they've also had high draft picks that haven't quite worked out yet. And it, that hope is, is the most dangerous thing. So all of the Jets fans have had that hope beat, beaten out of them for years. And so... You don't think Sam Darnold's I, the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather sign up to be a, a Jets fan and just not care about football for the rest of my life than be a Sabres fan. It's almost like the uh, the Oilers like before their turnaround. There's so many number one draft picks from McDavid oh to Neil Yakupov to Taylor Hall and all that, and they were just somehow still trash. And then obviously this season they kind of turned it around again. But look what you did, Edmonton! <laughs> you ruined it for the rest of us. They really did. I, I've wanted to like that team so many times, and then what do you know? Yeah. So I, I play in a out. I play in a fantasy hockey league where we have keepers, and I ended up somehow Played. with both. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> hockey doesn't exist anymore. But I somehow I ended up with both McDavid and Drysidle. Oh, and it, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> so I've I've watched probably maybe like 70% as many Oilers games as Bruins games this year. Uh, just one, because they're on the West Coast, and, and not really West Coast, but they're on uh, in the Pacific time zone. And, like, I get to watch that at a normal time. Like, they're on at 7 here, so. Are, are They are in the Pacific? Yeah. I don't know why, but I thought they were in the... They're in the Pacific the Division. Time. Well, I, I just meant, like, time-wise. I thought they were mountain time. They're pretty much directly north of San Diego. It's like oh. the whole. I don't know. My Canadian kinda... geography is a bit off. I can I can like know where they to learn are in relation yeah. to each other, east to west, but I don't know. It's directly north of Calgary, basically. It's the farthest north any team in the NHL is, I believe. And until they bring back the Nordiques, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not happening. Too busy with Seattle. Oh. Too busy with Seattle. Which is always a good time, though. Yeah. Oh, something I was going to say on Carlo is, and it, it, it won't happen because they both play on the right, but McAvoy and Carlo as a pair in the future would be be pretty, pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. That could be a good Because you got that unit. two-way with McAvoy. You got the defense with Carlo. They could be shut down and also offensive. That's but the, they, they both play the right. So That's the, like, Chara-Seidenberg playoff pairing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Seidenberg was one of my favorites. I can't wait for this episode on your pod, uh, Nick's. 
because I got I got so many just going right now. <laughs> Dennis Seidenberg, former Arizona Coyote, the German hammer. He was on my team last week. The German hammer. I, I did I did notice that. I didn't realize that he was on the Coyotes until I I read that. <sighs> Neither did that's, I. <laughs> I guess that's the point of the article. Talking reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, question for oh, something kind of we've discussed uh, between the three of us, but Nick, I want to get your take on it, and if anybody else has some some fresh thoughts. Uh, I was reading a little bit this week about how the coronavirus and, and the break in the suspended season could impact some contract stuff, especially with Tory Krug, and he's been really in the news this week after uh, you know the comments he made about pretty much how the development as far as his contract going has, hasn't really gone anywhere. And you know he made comments saying, "I hope I didn't play my last game in a Bruins uniform," but it, it seems I guess a little bit less hopeful than maybe he did a couple months ago. How do you think this break is going to affect someone like Krug signing a contract into next season? I've heard some people speculating maybe he'll try to sign a one-year deal and get another big payday after next season, in which case maybe the Bruins can afford to keep him around. Do you have any thoughts on this? Situationally, it depends, Mm -hmm. which is the perfect answer to everything. (laughs) Uh, Just legal speak. Um, Krug, he's got an interesting situation, of course, because he loves Boston, but everyone all season long has been like, oh, he could go back to Detroit and play for the Red Wings, his home state, and everything will be cool. They certainly have the cap space. Yeah, they've got a good situation <laughs> with Steve Eiserman at the, in, the, in charge of everything there. But I'm trying to think of, you know, what have we seen before as a result of the 0405 full season lockout mm-hmm. in terms of cap hit and everything being reduced? Because that's more likely what's here going what's going to happen as a result of this COVID-19 pandemic. So if you're Tory Krug, yeah, you could look into things and be like, oh, cool, I'll sign a one-year deal and make a little bit less, but I can cash in next year. But at the same time, he's going to be at the very tail edge of the you know, real prime years and start of the early twilight years. So it might make sense for him to sign a seven- or eight-year deal where he can get that cap hit that he desires. He can get all that salary. He can backload the contract if he really wants to because all that matters for the team right now in the immediate is figuring out what's that golden number that they can then, after taking 26% off or whatever the number ends up being, will still work out with the rest of their team, whether or not it's here or elsewhere. Yeah, Ideally, a... you have him here, but... Yeah, so I haven't heard anything about him taking a... Also, I'm not paying attention to sports right now because it's... What are sports? The more I pay attention <laughs> to them, the more I'm going to miss them. But uh, I don't know. Whenever I think of somebody taking a one-year contract at less money just to as like either a prove-it year or to try to give their team some sort of uh, advantage in signing other free agents, uh, it's a very selfless move. But no player in the NHL should ever do that because Kevin LeBanc signed a $1 million deal last offseason for the Sharks. And then the Sharks got shitty, and as a result, his play declined. So next year when he's up for another contract, he's not going to be able to cash in on it. Whereas if he had just taken that long-term deal, he would have been fine and everything would be great. Um, Yeah, just in Tory Krug's own personal interest, taking a a one-year deal, especially when he's not not super young – so there's no reason for him to have to prove anything. He's been one of the highest scoring defensemen over the past five, six years. And 
for him, I think getting as much as he can right now is the best thing to do. But obviously he wants to be with the Bruins. He's kind of always kind of seemed like that. And in general, hockey players hate moving their stuff and going to a different place, uh, which is why free agency is often pretty boring. Um, But interesting, Nick, that you mentioned Detroit. Because, I mean, even though that team is garbage, they do have plenty of cap space. Um, They did just move Mike Green, who's been their power play quarterback for, I don't know. Seems like forever. But he he did come from Washington. Does anyone remember that? (laughs) I do, actually. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, getting a guy who, one, is the kind of guy in the room who can be your team leader and kind of, I I hate kind of, hate all the cliches and stuff but uh, from what it seems he's he's the type of guy who could wear the c um mm-hmm. and even if he doesn't he's the type of guy who could motivate a shitty team to be less shitty um <laughs> i want to see so, that on an official scout not, not even to be good <laughs> yeah, not even sounds to like be good or, or not <laughs> even a playoff team just less shitty yeah motivate so the I, shitty I, team I, <laughs> Maybe they'll be like twenty points out of the playoffs instead of forty, you know. So yeah, if Steve Eiserman's willing to pony up a bunch of cash to lure him away from the Bruins, I, I think that'd be a good move for him and for the organization. So, the good news for anyone with regards to Krug is that it's not going to be like an Eric Carlson deal. He's not going to be making eleven point <laughs> five million dollars. Yeah. So at least you're not Doug Wilson. Yeah. Even Eric Carlson shouldn't have been making Eric and Eric Carlson money after the. <laughs> Injury, to that end, though, out to be a really bad injury. You mentioned Kevin LeBanc, and since they're teammates, I don't understand how he made that deal happen. If you're a player, first of all, you should be talking to the other players and really trying to get the most out of any contract that you can sign because you're almost never going to get it in the CBA. We've seen how the NHL and NHLPA have relations over the years. So if you're Kevin LeBanc, to sign that deal and then to have this happen now, obviously you know your next contract is going to be perhaps worse if you even get one, those are big question marks now. Versus, you take the Eric Carlson route, your problem's solved. You know, like, if, if the team's great, great, you win the cup, wonderful. If you don't win, well, you just look at things like Roberto Luongo over the years in Florida, my contract sucks. But, at the same time, you're making millions of dollars for your short, tenured career. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine. It's, uh, yeah, hockey players have a limited shelf life, so... Just take the money the football. when you can get it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. take the money when you can get it is always a good idea. Yeah, I, I don't go think on, take money and run. I don't think there's any way Krug's going for a one-year deal. He's not a, he's not a DeBrusque. He's not one of these, you know, twenty-three-year-old players, twenty-two-year-old players that does need to be like, okay, hey, yeah, I need to prove that what I've been doing can be done for my whole career. Uh, not just this flashy one or two seasons, but he's already there. He's already proven what he is. Um, and, yeah, he's in a prime position to get his payday. I do think the Bruins wind up getting him, but as we've talked about in past episodes. But, yeah, I think a one-year deal is, is not at all a possibility. And the other thing about Detroit, uh, I don't. maybe someone mentioned this. I don't know. He's from Michigan, so... 
Um, Classic that's Drew. That's also another <laughs> yep. thing. Drew was not listening to Nick at all. <laughs> I had to grab a beer. I'm sorry. He has a good reason. He has a good reason. You are excused. The, I apologize. The, I just remember Chris mentioning a brand. couple Chris mentioned a couple reasons why you might go to Detroit. And I was like, wait, did he say The brews yeah. come before sorry, the brews I apologize. Yeah, for a reason. <laughs> it's brews and bruins, not bros and bruins. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not bruins and brews either. <laughs> yeah, but no, no way on a one-way deal. Uh, one, yeah, definitely a one-way. It's probably gonna deal. be a one-way one deal. Year. <laughs> uh, Signed a two-way deal, maximum nine hundred thousand. Wow, <laughs> team friendly. What a guy. What a, what a team player. You know, he, he, this might be better than Kevin LeBanc's contract. Who knows? Yeah, no, I think I, uh, I think I do agree. I don't think he goes one year. I'm not quite as confident as Drew is that he comes back to Boston, though. I, I'm not ruling it out by any means. I hope he does. I think. He's an extremely important part of their power play, and I think people who say, oh, you can just slot in Charlie McAvoy and Matt Rizlick and you're fine. Not that McAvoy isn't a capable power play quarterback, but you got to understand yes how no. rare a uh, a skill set like Tory Krug is when it comes to something like that. There's a reason he's anchored one of the best power plays in the league for years now. Um, but just with everything going on, yeah, with the cap and the coronavirus, if the, if, if the cap isn't, you know... Again, we were talking about how it could go up a couple of weeks ago by a significant amount, and of course, that's not. Yeah, happening. we were counting the chickens yeah. before they hatch big time there, yeah. and we were like conservatively, maybe it doesn't go up as much as people are saying is what we said was probably going to happen. I believe. Um, that's my favorite thing every year. By the way, they'll come out and they'll be like, "It's going to be a hundred million," yeah. and then in July they're like, "Just kidding, it's only two it's million 82. more." It's like, yeah, <laughs> economics, that's how it works. How it works. Yeah. So that's what concerns me. This I is think, why you shouldn't be a bad GM. I think two months ago, I think I would have been where Drew is, where I think the Bruins and Corey Crew come to an agreement. And I think about now is when you'd be hearing more rumblings about it, but maybe not during the playoffs, actually, which poor one out because tonight, recording night, was supposed to be game one for the Bruins. Um, wow. But I'm a little bit less confident now that he is wearing black and gold if there is a next season, um, which which hurts a little bit, but... I think that might be the reality of it right now. Yeah, I know the I already talked. Pros ta- and cons. Yeah, you can't I, replace him. I, I, I know I already talked about this on last episode, but I may have changed my opinion a little bit with the combination of the things that we're talking about now is the possible lowering of the salary cap or stagnating the salary cap. Um, and then the idea that I guess the contract negotiations haven't been going well. And having just done the exercise of looking through the cap from 2011 on and what kinds of moves end up not necessarily looking bad, but end up kind of handicapping you going forward. And I mean, looking at the kinds of players that the Bruins do need to extend, not just now, but in the near future and the kinds of players that the Bruins have just kind of sitting there like Vakanainen, um, where eventually you're going to have to find a place for this guy and you do have similar types of players available and maybe slight downgrades, but at a certain point you look at it and you're like, all right, this guy is super valuable in this role, but we do have guys who can occupy this role at an 80% of his effectiveness. And when you look at how much money it's going to cost them and how much money it'll save them in the future, maybe it's not worth it if you're, if that number is getting so high that the Bruins are balking at it. A way to manage the pain for anyone that has been watching for a while now, and you've seen Johnny Boychuk get traded, 
that's not what you want to do. It, it's almost better to let your defender walk in free agency because you've gotten the most out of that player than trade them for next to nothing. Granted, the, the draft picks actually came back and they're it turned decent. Into that's how you get, <laughs> exactly. That's how you get Carlo and, and everything think, else. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, if you're going to make a decision to depart with a player of Krug's caliber, it's almost better to make it mutually, peacefully. He goes someplace else, and you don't have to deal with the eventual decline. Like, imagine if they still had Boychuk now. You wouldn't have Carlo, and you'd have, you know, he's A huge messy. contract. <laughs> he's messy right now. It, it's Is it as bad as the Andrew Ladd contract, or perhaps worse? Considering that he's still at least on the NHL roster. I mean, that's the, the situation that the Islanders are in. Yeah. And the Islanders, who knows if, if the things resume, are they even good enough to maintain pace to be in the playoffs or not? So, that's better for an Islanders podcast, not us. So one of the things that was kind of surprising looking back, and it, it wasn't obvious to me at the time, uh, because I think the Seidenberg extension was signed at like a really weird time, but... When the Bruins extended Seidenberg, they were essentially choosing him over Boychuk, even if they exactly. couldn't see it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at that time, that's a, a weird move because I think you kind of could see that the NHL was moving in a different direction. The type of player Seidenberg was doesn't necessarily fit, and a kind of hybrid player like Boychuk really did kind of move with that transition better even if he hasn't aged super well in the league but yeah that that was one that i looked at and i was just like oh man what what if because seidenberg's money is still on on the books right now i, I believe it's it, coming off after yeah, next yeah i believe it comes off the last off year yeah yeah um it he it, it just surprised me sorry to cut you off no uh, i think i think that was sides basically when they decided to go with him and traded Boychuk, that was his last good year. And then he tanked right after they well, made that decision. Well, it didn't help that he tore his ACL in front of me. That yeah. was a, a well, and they, they also In didn't. front of you. Yeah, so I I just came <laughs> home for like winter break, and I was like, oh, sweet, going to the game immediately after getting off the plane. And then, you know, he tore his ACL. I was like, oh, well, I don't want to see that again. You know, that's breaking, not great. Breaking news, uh, Nick actually tore... Seidenberg <laughs> did it himself. You know, people <laughs> say that ripped it right off. <laughs> about this time in college when we had that giant like bubble soccer thing. Someone bounced off of me and then basically tore their ACL, and so people were oh, like, no. "What'd you do?" And I was like, "No, they came <laughs> at me. They went to hit me. I expected to go flying. Somehow physics just there was a glitch in the matrix or something, and they were that the one that brought, went in a car to the hospital. Probably made by EA. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> it's in the game. It's in the game. It's not in the game." Uh, uh, <laughs> I may or may not. So go ahead, pop Cam, it a question. So it's not it's not um, Bruins related. So go ahead. No, on this, I, this was not Bruins related at all. And the, I was actually going to preface this by saying, sheerly yeah. related to the Bruins. I, I was going to say that this is a comment that's going to land with literally no one listening to our podcast. But I'm going to say it anyway. But Nick, maybe you've been around our Maryland quarterbacks here at the University of Maryland because literally every player on our football team who is somewhat decent tears their ACL here. I make the joke that the old saying is crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. I've officially switched it to crab cakes and torn ACLs. That's what Maryland does. <laughs> Drew, go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, we were just talking about injuries, and I was going to say, what is the worst personal injury that you have suffered? I have one, and this is – sorry to jump right back in. Wow, but... you just <laughs> – No, because this is, really this is actually kind of relevant to our podcast. Did you tear an ACL this, too? this is the most excited I've ever seen Cam, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's only because I'm about to shit on myself, so – 
Um, not literally. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> that, that, that would be a bad injury. This is certainly not That's the more of a injury. mental injury than it is a physical as, one. As was this one I'm about to describe. By far not the worst injury I've had, but this week I uh, was feeling cooped up like the rest of us here. Decided, oh, you no, know, I'm going to go on. I'm going to strap on the rollerblades. I'm going to strap on the rollerblades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was probably the worst. I'm going to go for a nice... I'm just going to go for a rollerblade stroll or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So <laughs> yeah, I was with stroll. my friend. I'm blading around a skate. I, I don't know. I feel weird calling it going a for roll. Going for a blade. Going for a blade with the boys. Going for a blade, old chap. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm with my friend and... We're in these. We're in this trail, and there's this like wooden bridge that's like arched. So Stream I like go up it, and then I'm like, "Huh, yeah, going down is gonna be interesting." So I start like sliding my way down like responsibly, and then I'm like, "You know what? Fuck this! I don't want to see if I can go full speed down it." And so I just started pumping it down full speed, and things went really fine until I got to the bottom. And the way the bridge was built, there was quite a big lip, and I just totally toe picked. I guess heel picked really and completely ate shit and cut my hand open quite a good amount. I've had it wrapped most of the yeah, week and the that. bandages won't stay on. But um again, my hand is fine. My ego though was was taking a tough hit. And we were quite a ways away from where I live, so I was just walking around on this extremely busy path because everyone it was a beautiful day out and everyone wanted to go outside and they were all just walking socially distancing and all. But with just blood dripping off my hand out of the trail. And so people were already giving me weird looks because I'm walking, you know, everybody's walking and jogging and I'm rollerblading around in the woods. <laughs> and then add to that to the fact that I have blood dripping off of my hand. I got some very strange looks, but that was. <laughs> my worst injury actually was probably breaking my nose in second grade kickball. But Ooh. that that's not as fun, so. <laughs> I don't think I've ever broken anything. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. You may do so. <laughs> I so didn't expect I... it to be story time. That's cool. Let's do let's do a big story time on these. I know Chris well, has another story is... for us later, but we're gonna. I, d- I do one. have another another story later. Um, <laughs> so I. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell stories here, but not, I, not, not to make this a story, story podcast. podcast. <laughs> not, not to make this a an injury story podcast or anything. I was waiting but, to get one in there. Um, yeah, so I've broken my left wrist twice. Uh, once playing baseball, once playing basketball. Um, I've had maybe like four or five concussions. Uh, oh, that explains skiing. that explains a lot. It does explain a lot. Like the fact uh, that he doesn't know how many how concussions How are you he like had. an aerospace engineer? Mostly my... <laughs> Years of practice. Hasn't been um, hitting the head with a rock yeah, yet. Well... <laughs> yeah. Also explains my chronic headaches. Um, the weirdest one, though, was I was playing uh, flag football. And... Oh in, yeah, in <laughs> college. Only end well. And some... A- some asshole was wearing uh, metal spikes to play <laughs> fucking flag football, even though those were explicitly banned. Sounds like a Will Ferrell Like, yeah. even, if they, even if they weren't banned, like, why are you wearing metal spikes to play flag football? Uh, especially against our team, which sucked. Um, yeah, so it was just like a Sunday morning at, like, 10 a.m., and one of the last plays of the game... We were losing by a lot. They were on offense. I was playing cornerback, covering this guy, 
who was like six four and had I had no business covering him. Uh, the quarterback threw one deep to him, and I got out ahead of him to like try to intercept the ball, even though it didn't matter because we had already lost basically. And the dude took like one really long stride, and his metal cleats got me from like the top of my calf all the way down Ooh. to my heel. And I have these like really aggressive scars on my leg <laughs> that look like I got bit by a shark. <laughs> Oh, yeah, now we Where, know what you're using at the bar then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, guys, you want to see my leg? Uh, I, don't worry. I <laughs> I used I used that for a while because I couldn't wear socks or shoes. Um, but, yeah, I, so I couldn't get stitches because there wasn't enough skin there. So it just had to, like, heal on its own. Um, that would explain the scarring. Yeah, uh, so if you've ever seen your own Achilles tendon, uh, it's just it kind of looks white it's weird yeah um sorry to the squeamish very undertrained uh intramural i guess people running the show there that had to look at that but yeah <laughs> something about college Sounds intramural like sports i don't think they should happen <laughs> it's my injuries i was the one who so one of the times i broke my wrist was playing intramural basketball in college they, they shouldn't exist I mean, I enjoyed myself playing all of the intramural sports, but, like, I always got hurt. Even when it wasn't, like, a serious injury, I got hurt, like, every time. I've been hit in the face a bunch of times by various things in sports. That's that's always fun. Soccer ball during I, intramural I soccer. Hit, I got I played goalie, got kicked in I the face. I got hit in the throat <laughs> by a lacrosse ball when playing lacrosse. Right in the throat. Couldn't Yikes. breathe for a good, like, 20 seconds. Was panicking. I'm glad you brought that fun. up, because that reminds me of the time when I was playing deck hockey. I was a goalie, and... This was during warm-ups, so it was my own teammate who took a slap shot and caught me in the throat. <laughs> it was like the same season that Aaron Ward got a stick to the throat from Saku Koivu. I don't know if you Ooh. saw that game in Ooh. April of whenever. And so I had that moment of being like, huh, is this what it's like to not breathe? Fun. And then I got back in the net, <laughs> continued with warm-ups. Same kid, after everyone was like, all right, let's just shoot down low for a minute. All right, guys, go back to a slap shot. Same kid, same spot. And so then everyone was like, okay, we're either going to have to kill this guy from our own team or what? <laughs> and then we lost the game because someone figured out, just shoot high. And I was not trying to make a save that day. <laughs> so I'm not trying to get hit a third time. That one might be the one that does it. I've gotten the wind knocked out of me many a time. I think the worst time ever was hockey related. It was <clears throat> my last season playing a uh, club here at Maryland. And I forget who we were playing, probably because I blocked this out of my memory as much as I could. But I came in, I was playing defense, and there was a guy on the wall, and I came in and just tried to hit him. And I went in, like, stick first, stick low, you know, clean hit. And my stick got caught between two spots of the boards and just stuck there. And I went full speed into my stick, like, right in the gut. And I went into it so hard that it actually lifted me up. And I was, like, balancing oh. on my stick, like, right between the ribs. <laughs> I felt like, I thought it actually had impaled me for a moment. I was just going to say, and I got up, <laughs> Yeah, Like, actually, like, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't just go through it, like, Game of Thrones shit. And I just, like, made my way over to the bench and just, like, sat down and just, just like, I'm dead. <laughs> this is, this is, Coach, I'm not going back out there. Was, I'm calling it a career right there. But... I honestly, I can't believe I forgot this, but last year playing basketball with some of my coworkers, we had like a, like an every Wednesday league. Um, I broke two okay, of my you ribs. Should not, uh, you should stop <laughs> playing sports. 
<laughs> no, I, I just can't. I shouldn't play sports. There's no reason to play sports. All right, get enough enjoyment. Can you them. even Stop at this point? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm way too old to play sports. I didn't mean was, age. So I, I just played meant basketball. with all these injuries. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I took up tennis. Um, oh, great sport. Which, great sport. Which is I can't play I, tennis. I don't know if it's hard to get injured <laughs> playing tennis, but it's it feel like it's harder to have like a contact injury playing tennis. <laughs> play most of my issues have been contact injuries. <laughs> yeah, doubles. You're if you're, if you're just that play. bad and you run into your teammate. <laughs> my high school I that I was just our, high, about you. our high school yeah, yeah. tennis team uh, used to play a game when the coach wasn't watching during practice where we would have to try to beam the other person from across the court not like the cross the same court but it was like four courts lined was up was there money involved and we would, it, it, no actually surprisingly so you we had a lot New of Orleans really Saints. stupid games no it was not <laughs> I have a friend who's a Saints fan and I make a lot of bounty jokes and he actually tried to defend it once and I was like oh no he, his claim was, oh, it wasn't it wasn't to injure players. It was just rewarding them for big hits. And I was like... Motivating. It was, it yeah. was motivating them for big hits, not injuries. And I said, you and I both know what was going on there. But, yeah, fun stuff. But, anyway. Oh, go. No, go I, for it. I was going to move I on. I haven't please. done an injury story. It's my idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let Drew do his. Well, you asked so us. I you didn't three, ask yourself, I'll Drew. skip by two and go on to what I think is the more entertaining one. So I fractured my forearm in third grade playing tackle football in my cousin's basement. Um, which is a great idea, That kids. seems like an inideal place to play oh, tackle football. Oh, for sure. Football. We just had one of those mini footballs, and there was a pole. You know, f- to support the home. Hold up the house. And I hit the pole with my arm, and then it, like, fell. R- I fell right on it, and, yeah, that wasn't fun. Uh, another one was during volleyball in eighth grade gym class, which is always a fun sport to injure yourself in. <clears throat> Ball went over my head. I, like, desperation threw one hand out there, uh, one arm out there, and then two of my friends came from either side, hit it right there, and I guess the tendon came off the elbow, and I had like tendonitis and so. Gross. So I can't, I oh, can't play tennis. Like it's basically tennis elbow now because I mean it's healed, but it. I can't play tennis. Uh, golf, I can do. I, I swing in a baseball bat. Once you make contact with the ball, can't do it. It kills. So, um, but the, <clears throat> there is one that was not sports, and I in high school I didn't play sports. Because I'm not that good at sports. I love sports. Not Nerd. Good. So I did drama <laughs> club. So I helped put on plays. D-winger. And I was on the crew. School. I was on the fly crew, which you operate like a pulley system that brings down set pieces. Um, and I think I, w- I think it was sophomore year. I was low down on the tier. I, some senior told me, hey, go up on this bridge that we had a part of the set. Go up there and make sure these windows come down on the pulley system and like clear the bridge. I was like, okay. So I watch the wi- the windows come down, and I lean over to watch, like, oh, yeah, the windows cleared all the way. And then I forgot they're, like, hanging from this huge metal bar, like, 100-pound metal bar comes crashing down on my head. I hit the railing of, oh. the, of the bridge. And at this point, it, it's literally just, like, plywood. Like, or not plywood. It's... I don't know. It's not painted or anything. It's like you can buy it at medium density fiberboard. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, you go to Home Depot, whatever you buy to like make things there, you know, make a treehouse, whatever that, those materials. It was basically that. And I was like, well, hell, it's still coming down. Like even after it hit me, I pull out 
Oh. So there's this huge cut here, and I'm like bleeding Phrasing. all over this bridge. For a second, the the first thought that came to my head was, "Oh no, is this my jugular?" Because I forget his name, but the goaltender <laughs> who freaking got cut with Malarchuk. the skate. Oh, Terry's in the oh, yeah. uh, Quinn Malarchuk, And yeah. luckily, the trainer was like a Vietnam medic or veteran, and like stuck his hand in there and closed up the artery, and he he lived. Thank God. Uh, that was my first thought because I was just bleeding from like my neck area, and I was like, "Oh God!" But turned out just I just got my chin, and I should have got stitches, but now there's a good scar there. I'm starting yeah. to think this podcast needs bubble wrap. Wait, just, just as an aside, you didn't you didn't get stitches? No, I didn't. I should have because now there's like this this big oh. gash there. My my dad was like, "Oh, maybe you should get stitches." I was like, "Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know much about flesh wounds. I guess and <laughs> it's just a flesh." They didn't wound. teach you that in school. So, huh? yeah. Um, yeah, I got no. nine stitches in my chin from, uh, falling off a bike when I was like five. Ooh. I, f- I feel like it's a very common injury cause five-year-olds don't know how to brace themselves from falling off bikes. Yeah, I never so. had that problem, but I'm kind of jealous that you guys all have cooler injury stories than I do like playing contact hockey my whole life. Like, <laughs> well, there's a little bit of jealousy. Well, you're, and also, you're like, you're like Yandel. Yeah. He's Phil Kessel now. I'm jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous that y- you have been able to have this athletic career without getting injured because I can't even play in one single sport without getting injured. <laughs> my most noticeable hockey Take injury was in in eighth grade. I blocked a shot on my leg and it like swole into a swole, swole, swelled, 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 swelled. <laughs> Get swole, you look swelled. swelled. Yeah, <laughs> so it swelled into like a bubble on my leg, and the bubble has just never gone away. So I have this awkward like lump in my leg. From eighth grade, I'm, I'm wow. with part of me Badass. is like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how hard could the <laughs> shot have been from a fucking eighth grader that it like ruined my life? You'd be but, surprised. There you go. I played t-ball, and in sixth grade, I got like the seams of the ball on the inside of my knee because someone hit me. They were that yeah. good at pitching. Shouts, Kari. But anyway, all I know from little league is that one of my teammates had rocks thrown at him by his friend that was on the other team. It, like, hit him in the head, and he had, like, a bruise and shit there. And this kid that was on the other team is now one of my best friends. <laughs> hey, and I bring it up every once in a while. I was like, please don't talk injured. about that. I was an asshole in elementary school. Like, please don't. <laughs> um, so my, my, t- my two lamest injuries uh, that I haven't mentioned yet, uh, two years in a row – playing baseball but not yet playing baseball because it was winter we do like winter practices leading up to baseball season Mm -hmm. and so we do a lot of like running in the gym on the basketball court a lot of like if there wasn't any snow we're just like running outside on pavement doing like a lot of sprints and stuff two years in a row i got knee tendinitis (laughs) just running on on pavement on hard hard floor in the gym not quite the track build then huh (laughs) <laughs> no uh but the funny thing is now like i can totally run outside like on on pavement and stuff it was i think it was just like the sprinting part of it that was that was rough on my knees i once sprained nice. two fingers catching a football that was a good time hey. <laughs> all right this That's is now funny. officially a injury yeah, we'll, we'll just compare the number of times <laughs> we've lost limbs and stuff <laughs> Uh, Chris, any any tweets you want to talk about that you had this yeah, week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for, for this, I wanted to do like a rapid fire thing. This this will give a no, one word answer. This will be a good like go around the circle kind of thing because one of the prompts was, "What is the weirdest celebrity encounter you've ever had?" Oh right, yeah. And 
I said I wanted to hear this. Yeah, so Cam wanted me to tell the story on the podcast where, like, literally I fit into half a tweet what the actual story <laughs> was. But so I was I was in London for the that Red Sox-Yankees series last year, oh. uh, the, like, two games. And one, it was the hottest day in London in, like, 60 years. It was, like, 98 degrees outside, and we were just, like sweating everywhere uh we had to go do like way to paint a picture i'm i'm painting a word picture right now so we we had to go do like all the london stuff because i was not like by myself i was with my roommate and like one of my friends and like i don't give a shit about buckingham palace or anything but so we went over to buckingham palace too cool we watched kind of broke off from the british i'm way too cool for that shit um (laughs) So we went over to Buckingham Palace and like we were crossing the street like to go to the fence to like look through and be like, hey, there's Buckingham Palace. And fucking Dave Dombrowski comes <laughs> of all people. Comes running the other way. And he's wearing he's wearing a windbreaker. Like he's wearing a full on jacket. <laughs> and it's like ninety. <laughs> way north of ninety. It's like ninety-eight degrees outside. And just making a sauna for himself. He sees me wearing my Red Sox jersey and just like passes me and like pats me on the back and goes, "Let's go!" <laughs> and I'm just like, "All right, awesome." <laughs> and Dave Dombrowski. To be fair, I yelled Dave at him before he passed me by, so he saw us. <laughs> but... So you tempted him to? Yeah, I I baited him into uh, lured him in. Me. But I, I I did not initiate any physical contact. He was the one initiating physical contact. Which uh, in this economy, don't do that. Yeah, no, don't, don't touch other I, people. I feel like I would have been if I if I was in Buckingham Palace of all fucking places and turned and saw Dave Dombrowski on a ninety eight degree day, I would have been really worried that I was going to like a heat stroke and was hallucinating <laughs> or something. Because that makes I would have been so like my wires would have crossed. I probably would have passed out and just been like. Not out of like, oh my god, Dave Dombrowski like fangirling or anything, but like just from the sheer fact that I'm at Buckingham Palace and Dave Dombrowski's there, I would have been really yeah. But by, by the way, if you're just like a, solely a Bruins fan listening to this podcast, Dave Dombrowski, former president of baseball operations of the Boston the Red Cam, Sox, the Cam Neely of the Red Sox, yeah. Um, former, he's insanely he, he never played. His, his number isn't retired, but he can't nearly the Red Sox. An insanely recognizable person just has this like perfectly quaffed like silvery white hair and is like a very tall gentleman. Uh, gentleman, and, <laughs> love it. And it was. I was just like immediately like, oh, that's Dave Dombrowski. Even in this like <laughs> crowd of people, <laughs> in kind of your typical like all the British gentlemen <laughs> wearing his Red Sox windbreaker. <laughs> it makes you wonder what he was there for. I, was it around the I, uh, London series by any chance? Yeah, that's the only yeah, thing I was yeah. wondering. Well, the yeah, he, series, you said. Yeah, so he was there. So he generally goes. Oh, okay. I missed he that. He generally part. goes to oh, all who the. Who doesn't I listen to people now? Selective okay. listening. <laughs> well, so to to be fair, he doesn't go on the road trips usually, or he didn't go on the road trips usually. Right. He usually only went to home games. But I, I think mm-hmm. just like a an it was event a bit that monumental, big, big enough yeah. thing where yeah. MLB stepped in and said, "No, you have to go." By the way, that is the <laughs> wildest baseball game I've ever been to. Uh, the Yankees scored six runs in the top of the first I inning. Watching that, and yeah. the Red Sox scored six runs in the bottom of the first inning. <laughs> and and in the that final time score span, was like you could have played nine innings. 
the yeah, final score that, was yeah. like 19 to 15 or something like that and it was just like mm. at a Sox game it, it, we were just quick before we go back to the celebrities uh my dad and i were at the game and like the the Sox were down by a lot and then in we were sitting next to these people from britain who we've been talking to whatever they don't know too much about baseball one of them did and was like let's go and the Red Sox scored like seven runs in one inning, and in the, I think it was like the seventh or eighth inning, so it was late. We went through this whole game of them just being in a drought, and one of them yells, uh, one of the British people yells, "Why, why didn't they just do this the whole time? Like, it would be like, what, what were they waiting for?" And what we were mean just you like, you know, like it, it, we started to explain, and then we were just like. It, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there <laughs> was should have. <laughs> there was a lot of explaining to people. So, like, obviously, most of the people there were not necessarily locals, but they were British people. But there were a lot of people there who had come into town to see this game because, yeah, you know, uh, why not? Why not vacation in Britain while <laughs> the Red yeah, Sox? So, so it, it was the reason why we went there was to go see this game, but turned it into a two-week vacation where i went to ireland and scotland that was really cool so like the day after this game we went to scotland and we were in edinburgh and like just went to a random bar and they were playing the fucking game on the tv in in edinburgh (laughs) it's just like this is like a really cool thing that like they're just bringing baseball to to britain and bring baseball to the masses it shows you how, like, all of these sports leagues, like, you know, you're always, like, grow the game and that kind of thing, and, like, it uh, it works, though. Yeah, like, but you know what I mean? maybe so the kinda, NFL should... the NHL's in the same maybe thing. Maybe the NFL should stop giving the Jaguars to London. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it is Red Sox-Yankees, right? It's, like, one of the most historic rivalries, definitely in American this sports. This year, I believe, was supposed to be right? Dodgers-Giants, which would have been cool, too. Yeah. You bring definitely. the Byron Defoe to the MLB instead of... Oh, my God. <laughs> My guy Byron Defoe. He's cool. Um, I don't have any cool celebrity stories really. Like I've met a couple, but there was nothing really weird about it. I met John Hammond at a Red Sox game. That was that's cool. But it was pretty normal. It was at the World Series actually, twenty thirteen. Big Cardinals fan. What the hell? That's I will a great say John Ham. <laughs> well, yeah, but it wasn't weird. Like I, we were just like, hey, it's John Ham, and then like we were about to leave. Just and the fact that you met like, John want... John Ham is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess it's weird, but like I don't know. I, like it wasn't. Like it was. I, it I guess wasn't it was weird at a It wasn't Dave game, Dombrowski like, jogging past you in 98 yeah, exactly, degrees in a windbreaker. Exactly. Like, after that, I'm like, what am I going to do? But Rook shout, because John Hamm's definitely listening to this. Uh, good guy. Good guy, John Hamm. He, he's, after he's the game, after the game, he stopped and he talked to, like, every fan in our section. And not just, like, you're, oh, nice to meet you. Like, he actually was, like, asking about your life and stuff. Good, Good guy from that three minute encounter I had with him but about your life so what <laughs> makes you tick <laughs> tell me about your what life John you what do you think brings you here in this moment where where are you going where are you from where are we all headed and I mean like ethereally not like literally <laughs> like that three What's questions with Andy Richter podcast that one <laughs> that's like some Matthew McConaughey shit that's what I would expect from him kind of, but, well, that'd be a cool guy yeah. to meet sometime yeah yeah definitely Big soccer guy, Matthew McConaughey. Football. Big yes. college football guy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick, have yeah, you met anyone? Down. Well, so I'm trying to think of what counts and doesn't count because, like, I, I was an Oh, I mean, I used, I used Dave Dombrowski. Stuff. Like, 
<laughs> Anything counts. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> well, I mean, he walked by me all the time at work. There would be many mornings I'd get to Fenway and I'd see him. And he'd actually say hello, which was cool. And Brad Marchand would say hi to me at the garden, which was also cool. Because um, hockey guys, generally, they're nice and all that. But he was always like, how you doing? And I'd be like, I forget that this is how people say hi and not just like, how are you actually doing? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Please tell me you. He asked you how you do, and you're like, you know what? It's been a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, I just stopped him in the stairway, and I was like, you know, Brad, I I know you got to go to work right now. I have to too. I have to go back outside to the production truck. But uh, let me tell you, it's been a great time. No, I. God, I can't think of anything that's not like the generic. Ah, I've worked in sports. So yeah, you you worked for Nesson, right? Yeah, I was an intern for an entire year. Do you have I, like? I, do you have I any cool stories thing. like just from that? Not necessarily celebrity encounters or anything, but I mean, people they there's a love and hate relationship with Jack Edwards. I personally love him, not just for we like, did we did talk cool Jack Edwards on last yeah. podcast. So let's yeah. let's get your take. On I Jack remember Edwards. that because exactly what I'm bringing up now. He, uh, yeah, is he perhaps old school? And thanks for mentioning that. You know, if it's a regional broadcast. There's a reason why it's called Boston Bruins Hockey on Nesson, because, you know, 20% of Nesson is owned by <laughs> very, the Bruins. Very specific. So when Maple Leafs fans obviously don't like Boston and stuff, like, well, they get all mad. It's like, guys, this would be the same thing. If you're watching it on Leafs TV, like, they're not going to be like, oh, this team sucks. They can't say that. They'll get fired. They can spin it and say, like, they need to do this better, and they're doing a good job at this, but they need to focus on that. That's how that works in the industry. But Jack would always have, like, the greatest stories and simple things of, like, when I'd walk in and he'd be like, yeah, whatever he'd say. <laughs> it was just, it was great because he'd be like. I don't think you can recreate a Jack story. No, you, you really can't. Like, you have to hear it from him first person and not many people get to experience that because then they'd start to see, like, oh, he's actually human. Like, all the athletes and everything, they're all just human. So that's, yeah. like, I'd walk by Patrice Bergeron and smile and say hi, and he'd be like, hey, and then he'd talk to someone that works at the garden, not necessarily on the on the bull, would, bull gang, but someone that works there. And he would birth a baby. Right? <laughs> and, and someone would be like, how's the family? And he'd be like, they're great. How's your family? And it's like, this is, again, we're all just people. So maybe don't hate as much on Twitter. Criticize yeah, when necessary, good, good but, just, but just be kind in general. Yeah. All, all I can think of is sports people. I know I'm going to be editing this in the morning and be like, fuck. And then I'll probably just. Yeah, like, I was thinking that you one know, time when you met Conan or something. I'll just edit everything out and then, you know, just edit this part in. Um, but uh, Sergey Samsonov is what comes to mind. Because hey, I, was, I was like uh, maybe eight. I, I, it was like elementary school years, maybe. I don't know. I don't know ages. <laughs> so, Chris, you were what, like 80? 85? What? <laughs> I was, that was he was trying to make an old you joke. being old. <laughs> it, was, it was just okay. It was like I'll a four. Out. Anyway, it's been it fun, like guys. I'm out of 10 joke. Um, <laughs> Zero out of 10 would you, not you be need, on the You need to go like scale. further out if you were going <laughs> to. Because I am. 85 you know, wasn't you know, I'm 1990. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, 80. you were 85 years oh, old. Oh, okay. So, like. <laughs> All right, that was too far out. <laughs> Sorry, I did not hit the sweet middle there, Chris. Yeah. I apologize. All right, well, let me give you a little uh, little background on how to formulate to jokes. You can't go to the too extreme <laughs> or else it's not funny. You just have to have good ones, period. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right. Should have been. 
Why did he just make a good joke? I, I met I met Sergey Samsonov, guys. Can you <laughs> yeah, believe that? Back to Drew. Throwback Can you believe Sergei it, Samsonov. man? I met him. Um, Do you believe in miracles? Yes. I also met yes. Bergeron. I met a bunch of players like briefly. Oh, oh God. Okay. Uh, Busick cooked a hamburger for me one time. <laughs> That's a pretty. <laughs> so glad you remember this, this tomorrow the, morning on the episode nine, ep- like Johnny Busick episode. Yeah, that would have been the perfect I, title. Busick sure made Busick. me a burger. It was an older. Bur- it was yeah. It was definitely Busick. We were at a, a cookout for like season ticket people, um, and it was like a preseason game, and there was this big cookout, and players walked through before the. It was all before the game. Players walk through before the game, so I got I have this whole thing of pictures with players and their autographs next to it. So I have like Bergeron when he was super young. I have like uh, Alberts, Andrew Alberts, Toivonen. Oh I'm pretty God, sure like, like all these like all these players. And then Busick is just back there like making burgers and stuff. <laughs> and we see him, we're like, "Yo, what's up?" And he like made us a burger. Like, what do you want? Just, your damn it burger? Was really no. weird, huh? So he just goes, "What do you want in your damn burger?" No. Yeah, um, but <laughs> Samsonov, Samsonov, I was I was pretty young too, probably around the same age, and he was injured at the time. So I was up really high. We were almost it because I've been on the ninth floor once at the Garden, and it felt like it was almost that high. Um, so I don't know where the seating was. It was basically like you're at a table and there's a chair. Like there isn't like, you know, stacks of rows or anything. I I don't know. All of it's Um, changed since. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was back when it was the fleet center. So, right. This was Um, back before they had rafters and that cool thing. (laughs) So they, uh, so, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're sitting there. I think it's an intermission and my dad's like, Drew, come on. And he like takes me out of my seat and like pushes me towards this guy in a suit and this lady and the guy in the suit is sergey samsonov and there's like a you know a fleet center worker with him and he's like my son's a big fan because he was my favorite player i had like a samsonov jersey i'm pretty sure and everything I a poster of him in my room and he's like oh nice to meet you and he bends down i shake his hand and then like Hopefully he's like you know he has to move on he can't stop and talk to every fucking fan he's like i got a dip like you're bringing too much attention but like i appreciate you <laughs> And uh, the lady, like, bends down to me and is like, you know, you shook his injured hand. He, like, had a broken <laughs> wrist or something. <laughs> so that's two I phenomenal stories mortified. that you I thought, like, I kept him on the, like, the like IR a... for an extra month. You probably month. did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason why we didn't win. <laughs> Damn, Literally, I had to sit through like, like, oh, the 06 no, season. The, the Bruins are going to hate me. Like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, what? The handshake of an eight year old is gonna like, r- like fucking. Yes. Have you ever shook hands with a kid? Your... <laughs> True, but I, I was, a, I was a gentle, I was a gentleman like Dombrowski apparently, and a gentle, gentle child. child. <laughs> gentle child. Yeah. That's a gentle not, a, child. that's not a good thing to bring up. Anyway, go ahead. Cam, you gotta, you got one. Who is going ahead? I, no, I, I again, I, I think. John Hamm was I don't I don't have the highlight really, like, of your entire. I got I got one there, more. Yeah. yeah, now I'm trying to think uh, of more than I've had. So have you? Yeah, I'm like I don't. So know. have you guys seen Breaking Bad? No, I've seen like half an episode. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Right, great okay. show. Yeah, okay, so you know, yeah, no, I've never good. had Netflix. Uh, so Dean Dean Norris plays Hank. Um, I was in Temecula, which is like wine country, a little bit northeast of here. Um, 
and we went out just like wine tasting like a bunch of my coworkers and i just went wine tasting for a day and went out to dinner got some food half of the people were a little too drunk to continue doing anything and went back to the hotel room how most wine tastings go three of us (laughs) yeah correct Uh, and then three of us decided to go just kind of like hit the town and see what was going on and there's one like kind of cool just like outdoor bar right in like old town temecula and we were just like having a couple of drinks and one of my buddies leaned over to me and he was like hey man that guy looks really familiar and i just like turned and looked and i was like fuck that's dean norris from breaking bad (laughs) and we just stood there like we just kind of chilled there for like half an hour being like what do you like how do you go up to just like a like minorish celebrity and without like really bothering them like, like oh my god it's randy havens and like uh, yeah exactly like <laughs> for, for sure that's <laughs> I mean, no one says oh my god that's randy havens they say oh my god that's the guy from stranger things but right <laughs> or that one episode in archer which is my favorite anyway <laughs> oh i love archer been watching that lately great stuff um but eventually we just got so drunk we were just like all right we're just gonna go up and talk to him and we went up and talked to him and he pretended not to be dean norris <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do someday if anyone's ever like, oh, like I'm, I'm famous i'm billy bob <laughs> okay great and we were just like well we know who you are you're great in breaking bad thanks and he was like yeah no no, no. just like stay for a drink and so he actually like talk to us for for a bit after that but i thought that was pretty hilarious just like wait how long did he keep it up for like a a solid like five minutes (laughs) you just like like a very just like pressing about it you're like dude you're not fooling anyone like we know not let you leave this place unless you tell me lock the doors (laughs) there was a solid (laughs) like awkward well he never like actually admitted to being dean norris but he just kind of (laughs) like gave up on like denying it more so and then when he left the bar everyone was like all right later dean like all the bartenders and stuff because apparently he lives in temecula and is a regular at that bar goes there every time Um, yeah so (laughs) i don't know it was pretty that was that was a funny one and uh well this is an exclusive story too because the three friends exclusive Exclusive. we we gotta we gotta create a hit for that and it um, my, exclusive my three friends exclusive slash stories is the name of the episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my three friends slash co-workers who got too drunk and had to leave after dinner uh we're all big breaking bad fans and so we decided just not to tell them what happened because they would have freaked out and been like oh, can't believe i missed that <laughs> so i would have been such an asshole at I would have totally told them. Usually I would be, but <laughs> th- this seemed like a, a good time to go against type and, and do something good for the world. Again, generally nice. The world of three nice. people. <laughs> you won the uh, the seventh player award of your, of your friend <laughs> yeah. that day. The following day, <laughs> it was given away. I got to carry that in <laughs> yeah. one year, by the way, because that was when I was oh, at nice. Nesson. It was in a That's giant cool. box, and people were like, don't drop that, please. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, and also, don't open it. I was like, why would I open a box that you gave me and told me explicitly and... to go from here to here? I don't know. If somebody <laughs> said, don't drop something, I would immediately open it and see what it was. Right? <laughs> like, oh, it's the Mona Lisa. How'd you do this? Yeah. 
It is a literal Fabergé egg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm definitely not going to drop this. Opposite of meeting celebrities and such, I often get mistaken for being Joey Logano around NASCAR tracks because I was hanging out at Martinsville one year and, uh, and someone was like, you know, Joey's supposed to make an appearance in the nearby area, which is kind of why I was there just to see him and be like, hey, Joey, because I met him like seven different times. Um, and so I not was walking deal. down the hill and the security guys were looking at me and they're like, is that him? Is that him? That's got to be him. Because I was just wearing like a... a throw pullover thing and jeans which first of all nascar driver would not be in jeans before the race at least team penske drivers wouldn't like they'd be in if you know anything about roger penske it's all 100 very nice of the time 100 percent of the time outside a race they would be in jeans. right like anytime they're not at the track <laughs> anytime they're not at work they'd be in jeans and slugging beers and stuff but but anytime that they're at the track they're you know it's their professional environment yeah, yeah so they're yeah. all thinking i was him and then i get like a foot away from them and they're like oh no it's not him <laughs> i was like sorry guys <laughs> like i actually just turned to them and i was like i'm sorry i'm not joey you're not the only one that said that because i was hanging out well, outside Darlington. this is, this is episode 10 of bruise and bruins featuring joey logano <laughs> right <laughs> should i introduce this i just kept him there even though no one can see him but uh we've told a lot of random stories the one i am most excited for is one that chris mentioned briefly before this podcast and Apparently, it involves the Bruise and Bruins crew here, so Chris, why don't you throw on your Miss Frizzle here and start the magic dream bus of Bruise and Bruins, and tell us about this little field trip we took, apparently, uh, in your head. So, one, one of the worst things people can do is tell stories about their dreams that they had, uh, is, like, literally... <laughs> you should tweet about it, and then talk about the tweet about the it's dream. Ne- never, <laughs> never interesting, <laughs> but... Uh, Unless there's, like, this a plane one... crash involved. This one was interesting because, one, it's a really short story. I don't have to, like, dive into it too deeply. And, two, it involves this podcast. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I've been sleeping, like, absolute shit. Uh, Been getting, like, plenty of, like, start sleeping at this time and wake up eight or nine hours later because I'm working from home and no one's being like, all right, you have to be at work at 5 a.m. now. Um, No commute. Yeah, and so it's really nice. I've been waking up at... 627 on the dot every day because that is exactly when my dog decides he needs to go out and eat his breakfast (laughs) um but last night i had a dream that our whole podcast uh took a plane to jaipur india to find a hockey bar (laughs) (laughs) so this is our way of announcing we're doing a live show (laughs) (laughs) And I woke up and I was like, you know what? Like that would be really expensive, but that'd be a hilarious thing to do. Sounds like Worldwide tour. Do. If we ever, if we ever went to India, that's totally something we'd be trying to do. I did. I did Google you know hockey bars somewhere. I googled hockey bars in Jaipur after I woke up, and all that came up were bars that had air hockey. But I there oh, were some even sports better. bars. That's even better. Two of you start playing. One of you just does a commentary. There were some sports bars that seemed like, all right, if if you needed to get a hockey game on in there, they could probably do it. Well, did we find it or no? Uh, I, do you know? No, the shit went sideways, man. Like we, we, well, we were, was involved, it's never so. good in dreams. Yeah, no, we, we were in like a weird hostel and it turned into more of a horror film than anything. Else. I've, I've been having like really wow. scary dreams and <laughs> I don't, don't want to get into it, but yeah, we, we had all our shit stolen and. 
Yeah, it, it got weird. Uh, the plane that we took to Jaipur landed in the parking lot of our hostel, which was really convenient, but it was kind of scary. <laughs> I love, I love shit like that in dreams. Like it's like this weird oddity, but it's very convenient for the storyline of your dream. Just like, yeah, I didn't have to like, I didn't have to like get off the plane. I didn't have yeah. to take a cab to anywhere. No, I was like, exactly. wow, we're we're in the parking lot. That's weird. <laughs> no, I know what you mean because I had this dream where I was trying to escape a castle when i was little and i opened the door and i was in my living room like, like i know exactly what it's called mean waking up just like right there. <laughs> yeah. no no literally i was in, i was just like in my living room but, gee, but then i woke up in my bedroom and i was so confused but no i know even, even like that, that is like just accelerates it just accelerates the timeline that's called being put to bed by your parents after falling asleep in the car and then waking up the next day. <laughs> before before we end this, unless there's anything important. There's um, nothing important. None, none of this has so been important. important. None like of this will be important. Chris, I believe nothing you said, said this was your friend on Twitter who sent us about like 15 questions. Yeah, 15 questions. So, so yeah, I wanted to I wanted to see if we could go rapid fire through them, give it, give well, it one word you, answers. Before you read the questions, I want to uh, do like the sponsorship. So yeah. the, this episode has been sponsored by the campaign of Connor Deerman and Chris Gear for president. Um, if you're <laughs> disillusioned by either of the uh, candidates, uh, a political establishment. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't get too <laughs> political or sexual predatory about either of the two candidates. But um, if you're disillusioned at all, uh, my friend and I are running for president and vice president. I, I'm, I'm running for vice president. I think we like our our platform is pretty strong. It's mostly based on like let's bring sports back. Let's uh, I don't know. Let's keep breakfast at Wendy's. Like that's that seems chill. Um, <laughs> like the, these are these are our our main focuses. Um, so if if you feel like these are issues that you really care about, just you know, write us down on the ballot, Connor Deerman, Chris Gear, and so that's our our sponsor for the episode. Uh, my, now I'll my turn friend... this into a town hall. When are you going to give me the cup? No. <laughs> so, so my friend Josh is a a big supporter of all of his friends. Very, very good friend. Uh, he has sent us in a bunch of questions. So, I I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking what we could do because I I didn't count exactly how many. It looks like between ten and fifteen, perhaps. Um, we could just rapid fire one word answers, and some of them are like complicated, like answers <laughs> but we just got to give one word so yes no um, or sometimes so on on, on google hangouts which we are on i have it in order of cam chris nick me so i was thinking oh, i'll shit. read them and we'll go in that order of giving answers okay. so cam's gotta think quick oh, and i have a lot of time <laughs> yeah, to think of well. an answer <laughs> that's that's the preferred method i haven't looked at these at all I gotta read so them. okay be interesting. so the first one we're not going to know anything about but excellent thoughts on at jzig 12's swing uh great swing uh oh one one word one word word great great's your word chris elite all right good all right nick (laughs) perfect i'm gonna say sexy um all right thoughts on my broccolini preparation cam broccolini ish <laughs> chris soggy <laughs> nick radical scrumptious uh what's the best virtual hangout tool cam 
What? What's the best virtual <laughs> hangout tool? We're on no, one no, no, right now. That is, that is my answer is what? Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> Chris. Uh, hangouts. Nick. <laughs> None. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Something. Any of them are hangouts, good. too. Uh, what are sports? Cam. Chris. <laughs> Essential. Nick. Athletic. Beer worthy. Oh, oh that's cheating. That's hyphenated. It's a word. What's outside like? Cam. Who knows? <laughs> you don't know. Chris. Overrated. <laughs> Nick. Terrible. Empty. Dangerous. It's empty outdoors. Postmodern. I feel like we're doing All like right. slam This is when it gets here. complicated. Is the NFL draft going to be the most watched sporting event ever? No. <laughs> Chris. No. Nick. Outside of that iRacing stuff going on right now? Eh. <laughs> All right, that wasn't one word, but no. Eh is my official answer. Is hockey going to finish the season? A regular season or just, the just season. finish it all? No. Oh, that hurt. That fucking Chris. Hurt. No. <laughs> Nick. New. No. From me. Uh, That's a no from me, dog. Unanimous decision. Is, the, is EPL, which I assume is English uh, English Premier League, going to finish the season? YNWA. I'm counting that as a word. <laughs> YNWA. I'm trying to put it together. LFC. Let's go with LFC. Oh, I was, was going to say Liverpool. Uh, I, don't, I don't care. IDC. That's what I'm going to say. It's not uh, amazing. M- oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. I'll save this for the next answer. Is NBA going to finish the season? Because I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, no. I'm going to go with yes. Ooh. Hmm. Los Hornetos. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm a Charlotte Hornets um, fan, if you can't tell. Are all those answers correlated? Is the next question. Yes. <laughs> no. Duh. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> how okay, kind? so this, this in last but not least, how do, and we're going to try to find a way to do this in one word. How does the Olympics being moved back a year impact the athletes? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, they'll have to put that off a year because normally that's like a thing Fuck. that they do on the. Yeah. yeah. Is Olympic that was that your answer? <laughs> no, my answer was fucked. I, my answer is chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> uh, that's my word um yeah can, can you spell it for me this please word. use it in a sentence a a a a a a what is its etymology g h in there a ph and then more a's some h's you spell that p f f f f t it's basically just like no it's not like puking Puking's more like, anyway. Well, for you, it might be. Won't go there. Yeah, true. I'm a bad puker. 
I'm a good puker. Same time. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a good puker in the sense that I don't puke a lot. I'm a bad puker in, as in I fight it forever. And then when it comes, I'm not ready for it. So, so one and done just, is your policy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a great <laughs> last, rallies. last point by me. I'm glad I'm I haven't puked in 10 years. Maybe that'll be, you haven't puked in years, 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. Teach me your ways. Uh, I puke Iron like stomach. once or twice a year. <laughs> Not to make this a puking fight. <laughs> All right, this. let's pull uh, the trigger on three. Ready? One, <laughs> <two>. <laughs> All right. The only thing we're gonna pull the trigger on is ending this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Having me. We're looking forward to chat with you more. Uh, we appreciate your support of the podcast. It's been great. You're a big fan. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna have you plug your shit, but you already kind of did that. But is there anything else you want to plug before you get out uh, of here? Hire me, Feel I guess. Free. That that'd be the only thing. But <laughs> hey, someone hire Nick. He seems like a good dude. Seems like a good dude. Uh, That's Chris, our I'm endorsement. Propose in honor of our our Liverpool answer that we sing this song together. No, you go. Because I feel like you go ahead. Nah, no, no, no. You got to do it with me. You can look up the lyrics if you need to. I'll it's sing right. along. I don't know it at all, but I'll sing, you know, I'll sing words, along. I feel like it's a good. I feel like the lyrics are fitting for. On, on hangouts, like we're off time. time, so whenever we try to sing together, yeah, it's, it's gonna awful. be really weird. We could we could clap sync it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Clearly, One, that works. Two, well. three, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, Cam, you you, you go ahead and you sing YNWA. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm stealing your thunder here. No, well, this no, is, it's, it's, also really, it's usually the guest who has it's to sing. Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah, we we definitely made Brandon sing for sure. I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna save it then for next time. Nick, find a song, sing oh, God. Um, what was? Don't you like all these things that we didn't warn you about? We just throw at yeah. you. <laughs> I'm trying to think. And if not, we'll cut every part. Basically, of yours the out. whole podcast is just random <laughs> shit. What else is there to talk about at, at uh, you know uh, middle of April that has no hockey going on? And we're all stuck indoors and can't have any actual experiences. <laughs> <laughs> what is life? Uh what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. There you go. I got out of this. Uh, what, what was, nope, nope, what nope. was popular you in 2011 know. during the Stanley Cup playoffs? Ooh, I'm going we'll to uh, I'm gonna look up the most all right, top songs yeah, 2011. Let's see what we get. You have that Enrique Iglesias song. Baby, I Oh, oh, here we go. Top songs 2011. First one that comes up is Party Rock Anthem. There you go. All right, you want to take it away? That's the, the only good part. Put your, put your. There you go. That's, that's all good. <laughs>